0: Welcome to Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. This week, we're looking at lesson number seven, and lesson number seven is Mission to My Neighbor. How can you reach those who are close to you, and how do you recognize the best ways to do that? That's what we're going to be looking at this week. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity that you give us once again to learn how we can better share your love with others, and we ask that you'll bless us in that today. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're excited this week to have with us Doug Venn. Doug is currently serving as the assistant to the president for Adventist Possibility Ministries, but when he wrote this part of the lesson, he was the director, Global Mission Urban Center. Doug, welcome. How are you doing today? It's great to be here, Eric. Fantastic. Well, we've got a really interesting subject that we're looking at this week. Mission to my neighbor. So, we don't have to go to the far corners of the world. We don't have to have any special skills, but God brings people close to us, or there are already people within our circle of influence, and we're looking at how we can reach those individuals today. Amen. Sounds like an exciting lesson.
1: Amen. Yeah, it's, I can't wait to get into God's Word as we look and find lessons to apply to our lives.
0: Very good. Well, let me begin by asking this question. in the In this study, this week's study, uh, we're looking at God's mission to all people. That includes our neighbor, because our neighbor is right there in, in many, many cases. Why does God ask us to love our neighbors? What, what is, what's the motivation there? What's that look like?
1: Yeah. Well, what we see here is that, Eric, we are able to see the heart of God, because when he asks us to love our neighbor, why does he do that? It's because he has a heart of love for all people whether those who are close to us or those who are far away. And actually, in our memory verse, in Luke chapter uh, 10, verse 27, it says there that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself.
0: So Jesus asks us to love our neighbor as ourselves, those who are close to us. But those who are close to us may not always be exactly like us. They're not identical to us. They may operate in different worldviews or different perspectives and so forth. There's a story in the Bible about Jesus interacting with a lawyer. Yes. And uh, he was close to Jesus, but he had some different perspectives. And And we read about that in Luke chapter 10 and verse number 25. Uh, help us understand what's going on in this interaction between Jesus and the lawyer a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see here the question that this lawyer asks is that, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so there we can look at um, a couple things that, what's going on in his heart. We know that, yes, uh, the Bible says that uh, he has a motive, that he's on a mission. This lawyer is looking to interrogate or to uh, test Jesus Whether that's good or bad, I think this was that he was intending either to publicly shame Jesus or to get some evidence that the Sanhedrin could use against Jesus and his ministry. We can see in this lawyer's heart that in this question, he's looking that I've got to have a checklist in order to be saved.
0: Yeah. So... Jesus responds to him, though, even even though in a question, in a question, which is a great way that Jesus responds to people with great regularity. Mm -hmm. And he responds to this to this fellow in a question. What can we learn from this? What's Jesus desiring to accomplish and what might we be able to apply to our own lives and our ministry to our neighbors by looking at how Jesus responded to him?
1: Well, in Christ's response, that we can actually see in verse 26, Jesus asks him the question, What is written in the law, and how do you read it? How do you understand it? What's your understanding, what you're reading? And so, in this, that Jesus, he's actually sees in this guy who has mixed motives towards Christ, but Jesus sees him as a candidate for the kingdom. He sees them that this man, he doesn't know it, but Jesus says, Ah, this one could be part of my team. He could actually be one of my disciples. So Jesus just doesn't ignore him. He doesn't dismiss him. He doesn't just blow him off. He actually looks at him as a candidate for the kingdom. And so thus we see this question that Jesus is saying, like, well, let's, let's hear a little more. And that's where like in the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 looks at how we live life. There are some who, when they don't have a relationship with God, they're just like hedonistic. You know, I'm here to party and that's, you know, the one who parties most has the best life. And because as Paul says there, if the dead do not rise, if we don't have that anchor hope in Jesus Christ in the resurrection, then we should, as Paul says, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And so I see here that this, uh, a lesson that we can apply from Jesus Christ is that we need to be aware that we're on the edge of eternity with every conversation, with every individual that God puts into our lives.
0: So an example that Jesus sets for us. Mm -hmm. Let's say that we run into somebody in in our lives, our our neighbor as it were. Who has a very different worldview? Who ha- maybe has a different, a completely different faith from our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll make the assumption that we're Christians. I think it's a safe assumption. And somebody else happens to be Muslim or Hindu or or atheist or agnostic or sure. or some other variety of Christianity that's different enough from what we believe that it's it, we're not. We're not neighbors theologically, I guess is a good way to say it. Yeah. But we are—we come across this. What kind of lesson do you think we could learn from the way that Jesus interacted with this lawyer that we might be able to to apply to our lives as we're seeking to share our faith with somebody else?
1: Well, as we look here, I, I love the Bible because it answers itself. It answers this question, Eric. And so I love how when this lawyer in verse 27 gives the answer from the Old Testament that love uh, the Lord your God and love your neighbor, and Jesus then says, um, you've answered rightly, do this and you will live. And so here, the Lord Jesus is giving us example that when we encounter others, whether from other world religions or other denominations, that we need to be pointing them to God's word, not my opinion, not your opinion, or not the opinion of other uh, religious leaders, whether that's uh, whatever uh, those are uh, around the world, because there's different names for for them. It's just that we need to be able to uh, to point people to God's word. And so this is what we should do. I'm reminded, though, that this isn't the first time when Jesus points, in this case, this lawyer to God's word. Because what happens with the temptation? Jesus saying... It is written. And guess what? We're here on this, with this ministry of iniquity. That's what it's all about. That's right. And so, but if we even go back further in time, not just in Christ's ministry, but we can actually look that it was in the, in heaven where Lucifer or Satan, he wanted the angels and the heavenly hosts to do things his way. He wanted to sing the song, and he wanted uh, people. He wanted. He provided an alternative to God's government and to God's law. But yet, we can see this throughout history. Even Cain, if we go back uh, to Genesis, he brought an alternative form of worship and an alternative to uh, the sin sacrifice. Well, look what I've earned. Look what I've grown. You know, these awesome zucchini. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys, but I grew up with a mom who grew zucchini, and one plant could you know, be like a zucchini bomb. We'd go as kids, go to the neighbor's house, and ring the doorbell and leave, you know, three zucchinis and run. Okay, it's <laughs> so, the zucchini bomb. But anyway, here Cain has the same attitude that Lucifer had: is that I'm wanting to do life on my own. I'm wanting to handle my sin, guilt, and shame on my own. But Christ and uh, God is giving us another way that is based on his word. It is written. It is written. Uh, even in Revelation 14, as we've just recently looked at uh, the three angels' messages, and we studied t- together, the second angel talks about how Babylon has fallen. And like a house of cards, All world religions and systems will be coming crashing down because they're not anchored on God's Word, on His grace, and on His calling for us today. And so I think those are some of the lessons that I wanted to um, apply and that we can learn from this study.
0: Yeah. Let me ask you this, uh, Doug. We're talking about the importance of of going back to God's Word and finding it is written. And... 100% 110% agree with you. From time to time Christians get accused of either rightly or wrongly it could go either way. Get accused of simply wanting to share their faith mm-hmm. to 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 make people to make other people Christians. Right. And uh, perhaps they get the cart a little bit ahead of the horse and want to want to share the Bible without first it's often been said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Correct. We've spoken before about Christ's method alone being the way to reach people. How how would you how would, what would you suggest for somebody who's thinking, I want to share my faith with somebody, yeah. but I I don't want to just come out and here's what the Bible says. It, yeah. It's kind of like a, we might call it an opening salvo. Um, yeah. How would you recommend that somebody maybe draw close to uh, to someone? in order to have that, I don't know if I want to call it permission, but the opportunity to share what's written.
1: Yeah. In order to do that, I think that how are we caring for one another? How are we serving? How are we showing that love in practical ways? I know in my own home, my mother-in-law, uh, she has to use a wheelchair full time. And so because of that disability, she now, we have to help her with you know transferring to the car and, and doing things like that. And so I don't know, in your life and family, I know you have someone, you, you've got to show it in a practical way. So that's how right. does that look like in your family?
0: You know, for, for my daughter, she was born with Down syndrome. And so we have many different ways that we care for her. Right. Uh, that's been from, from day one. She's she's 16 years old now. She'll be turning 17 in a couple of weeks. So uh, we've had a, a an incredible and exciting journey with her. And... She gets to see Jesus in our lives yes. before we share, you know, what, what is written. Right. Um and so for us, it becomes a very practical Correct. demonstration of, of genuine Christianity yeah. as or or before the sharing of the word, as yeah. it were. So for, for us, that's kind of the way that it, it seems to work well for us.
1: And I think that Eric, you're onto something that uh, we can continue to explore that because I think that from God's word, from this story. Uh, we can see that it's love in action that opens the door and gives permission to share.
0: Fantastic. We're We're going to take a look at that love in action here in just a moment. If you're enjoying this quarter's study, and I trust that you are, I want to encourage you to pick up the companion book to this quarter's adult Sabbath school Bible study lesson. And it's called God's Mission, My Mission. Gary Krause is the author, one of several authors actually, who contributed to it. And you can find this companion book at itiswritten.shop. Again, that's itiswritten.shop. Look for the book, God's Mission My Mission, and you will get so much more out of this quarter's study. I'm going to be back here in just a moment with Doug as we continue taking a look at the mission that God has given us to reach our neighbors. We'll be right back.
2: He's been called the Father of the Faithful even though his life didn't always give evidence of great faith. The Bible says that Abraham was strong in faith. Join me on location in Israel for Man of Faith. You'll discover lessons on faith and discover how you can be a person of real faith in the God of heaven. What is faith? The Bible says, "...without faith it is impossible to please God, and God's people in earth's last days are described as having faith, the faith of Jesus. Man of faith. Abraham, a flawed man, a faulty man, a man prone to make mistakes. Abraham, the father of the faithful. Learn how you can have faith, real faith. Grow your faith. Don't miss Man of Faith on It Is Written TV. There's something I want to tell you about that is so important. It's My Place with Jesus. It is Written's ministry to children. Take the children you care about to myplacewithjesus.com. At My Place with Jesus, you'll find so much that will bless your children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren or the children at church. There are the My Place with Jesus Bible Guides. 21 studies that will take the children you care about into the Word of God. They'll learn the important things, especially the love of God and the sacrifice Jesus made for them. As well, take your children to Journey Through the Bible. It's there at myplacewithjesus.com. It's a special Bible reading program that will get children into the habit of reading their Bible daily and connecting with God regularly. So don't forget, myplacewithjesus.com from It Is Written.
0: Welcome back to Sabbath School brought to you by It Is Written. We're looking at lesson number seven this week, taking a look at the mission to my neighbor. And of course, I'm back here with uh, Doug Venn. Doug, thanks again for joining us. Um, let's, let's dive a little bit more deeply into this uh, story that, that Jesus is... We find Jesus and the lawyer... Uh, here in Luke chapter 10, in verses 27 and 28, the lawyer talks about love. Help us understand that a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So what we see here is that uh, the lawyer responds and gives the kind of the synthesis uh, from the Old Testament of what love looks like. Love to God, but also love to one another. And it's And that oftentimes is the hard part because we don't like to love each other. Uh, and that's where the lawyer in this, in verse 29, he wants to justify himself because Jesus gives this answer and notice how Jesus says, you have answered rightly, do this and you'll live. But wanting to justify himself, uh, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? This is like a, a philosophical debate question because depending on which part of the Jewish family you were in, you would be inclusive of this group or exclusive of that group. And Jesus wants to bypass that. I think that he is a master and he goes for the heart. And I think that that's a lesson that I want to, sometimes I want to get into a dueling debate to say, well, actually, this is right or this is wrong. And so Jesus avoids that sword fight of theology. And he goes and tells the story of a certain man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he falls among the thieves and is wounded there. And he's left half dead. And so in this situation, we see here that how is love demonstrated? We see the priest, a certain priest goes by and on the other side in verse 31. Now, sometimes uh, we pastors uh, or those who are paid to be holy, as one of my <laughs> college uh, students said to me, we are often tied up with ministry and so we ignore those who are vulnerable or hurting but notice what's happening these guys aren't going up from jericho up to jerusalem for duties no they're off duty now okay so they're going that's what the bible says they're coming down from jerusalem heading down into jericho also in verse 32 the levite he's also ignores on the other side so here we see some of these national heroes whether which side, maybe it was a Sadducee or a priest or, you know, a Levite, uh, they're walking on the side, they're ignoring. But then Jesus cuts to the heart here and says, but a certain Samaritan. And it's like having a brother and sister. I don't know. Did you have brothers and sisters, Eric? Yes, a couple brothers. Okay. All right. So, you know, I had uh, two younger sisters and we were like fighting like cats and dogs when we were little kids. It's like, mom and dad were in the car, you know, she's breathing on me and, you know, the pinching and pulling a hair and, you know, all of those kind of things that go on. But that was what was happening here in the Bible times is that the Samaritans and the Jews, because of history, there was this um, tension. And so Jesus arrests the attention of his audience and says that, guess who? It's the unexpected one who has the faith and the compassion to care and to put love in action. And so I think that that is what's going on, that we can see that love is in action. I'm reminded of Galatians 5, verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself.
0: So here's an example in a well-known story yes. that Jesus tells of loving your neighbor as yourself. And sometimes that neighbor looks different than yes. than we might expect them to look. Um, what else can we learn here about loving your neighbor? Anything else that you want to add to this?
1: Yeah, I think that this love actually comes in that we may be overlooking a group of individuals in society uh, who are most vulnerable. Uh, James 1.27 reminds us that pure and undefiled religion is this, before uh, God the Father uh, is to visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So that group of the orphans, the, those who've suffered spousal loss, we can see here that they also our neighbor your daughter with down syndrome how are we caring as a church whether it's our local churches or as a global family of faith how are we showing that love in practical ways i think of like my mother-in-law she can't uh, even at our local church back home there's certain places she can't gain access to because they've not made that accommodation but it's more than just uh, ramps and in, in in her case because she 's using the wheelchair what 's the accommodation in our hearts and in our minds for those who are not like us and I think that that helps us to see that our faith has to have action i 'm reminded in James two we can see that there's a reflex that when we experience god 's grace and love that there 's a reflex of love that goes out when we receive god's grace then we extend that to others you know james in james chapter 2 verses 17 through 22 we can see that show me your faith and your works your faith moves you into action and that's where we need to be uh, seeing that um if we look at all of scripture, you can see that from the very beginning. I think of Abraham and Sarai when they fed uh, the, uh, the travelers. We know that it was two angels and the Lord Jesus. Uh, we also think of down in Sodom that Lot was at the city's gate uh, inviting foreigners to stay in his home to, for lodging. Later on in Job, we can see that Job, he was searching out the issues of the orphans and the widows to care for them. So he took that initiative. Even, I think I remember uh, Elisha and how he was treating even the foreign soldiers, the enemies who wanted to kill Israel at that time. You know, they were actually sent out on a, a search and destroy mission for him. But he... You know, their blindness struck them, and, and he showed compassion, he led them into the city. And there, that's where the king said, hey, shall I kill him? And it's like, no, we need to treat them with compassion and kindness. Anyway, so as a worldwide faith family, these stories and this lesson reminds me how we have this initiative of how we can care for the most vulnerable. And that's called Adventist Possibility Ministries.
0: Share a little bit more about Adventist Possibility Ministries. Where could one learn more about it what are some things that that it's that that ministry is seeking to to make available possible yeah
1: well you and i in our homes we live this every day and i know there's so many around the world who maybe they're providing care for an elderly uh, parent or those who are uh, the deaf community or those who have hearing loss uh, also the orphans the street kids kids whose parents are incarcerated, or also those uh, children who are in foster care. We have an opportunity through this initiative to care and show in practical ways. And you can actually go to our website, possibilityministries.org, and find out all kinds of ideas that you as a family, as a local church, or as a community can actually put love in action.
0: Very good. So, it's, again, the website is? Possibilityministries.org. Possibilityministries.org. Excellent. Now, one of the things that I like about this quarter's lessons is each week on Thursday, there's a challenge. Yes. Talk with me a little bit about this week's challenge and how it dovetails in with everything that we're talking about right now.
1: All right. This challenge up is uh, looking at, in your sphere of influence, Eric, in my sphere of influence, can we make a list of those uh, who do not know God the way we do and whether they're from another world religion or no religion to find and then to identify what their needs are? It could be an emotional need. I know like my neighbor who comes from a, an Islamic uh, background uh, just went through, had a family member. Her father just passed away. So in this time, so that's an emotional need. Uh, where we have opportunity to minister and to share the hope that we have in a practical way. And so in this way, how can we con- uh, minister to those needs? And what can we do practically for them in this coming week? I know like with my neighbor's uh, situation that my wife uh, loves to bake you know goods and she delivers a, a little uh, tract and a um, on the hope and how to recover and to remember her father's life, but then also to enjoy uh, the, the sweet bread that she just made.
0: Very nice, so, very practical nice. Practical ways. Practical ways. Doug, let me ask you this last question in the few minutes that we have left here. We're supposed to act out our faith. How do we keep that from, how do we keep from misunderstanding that as salvation by works? Um, share with me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it, the Bible is clear. That you are saved by grace through faith because of what Jesus has done. All the other world religions around the, and, uh, and Christianity in its broken form says there's another way. You have to do something. And there's a checklist. And even in our faith family, there are those who also want to forget what <laughs> Jesus has done and look at, uh, I, I can do this on my own. And whether that's eating right or dressing right or, or whatever is on the checklist, but Scripture is clear that we are saved by faith through grace alone and uh, from, from God. Uh, so that's uh, one um, way. I'm reminded here is a power quote that love is the underlying principle of God's government in heaven and earth, and it is must be the foundation for a Christian character. This alone can make and keep him steadfast. This alone can enable him to stand trial and temptation. That's from Christ Object Lessons, page 49.
0: Yeah, there's There's also another quote. It's a little bit longer quote, but I think it's worth sharing. And this one's from uh, Testimonies for the Church, volume 2, page 25. You want to share that one with us? Yeah.
1: When hearts sympathize with hearts burdened with discouragement and grief, and when the hand dispenses to the needy, and when the naked are clothed, and the stranger made welcome to a seat in your parlor and a place in your heart, angels are coming very near, and answering strain is responded to in heaven. Every act of justice, mercy, and benevolence makes melody in heaven. So I really think that that kind of puts a a nice way to kind of summarize this week's Bible study.
0: Fantastic. Doug, thank you for joining us this week and helping us to understand how we can Uh, minister to our neighbors. And I want to thank you for joining us this week as well. And we hope and pray that you've been given a few new ideas, some practical things that you can apply. When you look out to those who have been perhaps marginalized, those who are in need in one way or another, and maybe sometimes those who are overlooked. We pray that God will bless you as you minister to them. And God bless you, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week here on Sabbath School brought to you by It Is Written.